your comic book pit. Okay. In the game. <laughs> you gotta, I, I feel like I, I always gotta throw a little, a little song and dance in there. You know? you're, yeah, you're um, you're our minstrel of, of some sort. Yeah. So uh, this is Comic Book Pit episode two thirty one. I'm Dan. I'm the Duke. I'm Jared. And uh, okay, so I, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna drop this. Uh, it's it's not like a any kind of crazy conversation topic, whatever. But it got me thinking because I just posted this picture of uh, a copy of graphic music that I picked up. Yes. Um, which uh, graphic music number one? Oh yeah. Which uh, so Mike Allred's, you know, one of his early works and has the first appearance of his one of his, his probably most popular. Creations, Frank Einstein, also known as Madman. Um, so this is one that, again, it's not like I've searched high and low for because I could probably, you know, I'm sure you could find it on eBay yeah. or some other source. But it was one, like I said, I just came across it. It was it was only ten bucks um, plus my store discount, so yeah. eight eight bucks. Um, so what? Like, do you guys have any comics like this? Like any, like we'll call them like Holy Grail Grails. comics, or I mean, that I'm like, or, for or that I well, one, one, or, again, I do. Like, it's that one. Like, it's that one. <laughs> so, uh, so I should probably lock yeah, this sleep up. Sleep with one eye open, Dan Green. Sleep with one okay. eye open. I always do. Oh, um, well, no, not 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 necessarily. Well, I mean, I, I guess it just depends on your definition. Like I said, there. I mean, for me, like I, I've gotten out of the habit of like hardcore hunting for comics. Yeah. It's it's more of a casual thing. Like if I see it or if I just happen to be in a situation where, you know, I can look for something, I I will, but you don't have like, I, a I, list. Yeah, not anymore. It's it's more of a casual thing. Yeah. Like if it's something that I see and I recognize, like um last year when I was working at the store, I was um auditing a this collection that came in. And I found uh, the copy of the uh, new New Teen Titans number one from the eighties, which was I think uh, Wolfman and Perez. And to me, that you know, I, it's not like I'm a huge New Teen Titans fan, but that's kind of like a like a classic from the eighties that I kind of dug. I'm like, okay, this is kind of cool, so I, I bought it. Um, or the um, I found the issue of Crisis. With you know the kind of Superman holding Supergirl's body on the cover, yeah, you know things like that, like where they're, you know they whether they're an impactful kind of 
Yeah, and whether it's something that you're interested in, like a from a collector point of view, f- because it's worth something monetarily, or if it's worth something to you personally. Like, do you guys have anything like that? Uh, I don't know. Like offhand, it's hard to say. But you know, I always look for uh, Adam Hughes stuff that's old, and you know, I'll even go as far back as like there's things that he inked. He'll ink like three pages in a book, and I'm like, yeah, I'll get that. But um, you know, there's a couple guys that I, you know, Sam Keith. I, you know, if I see anything of his that's pre-Max, which is very small. Um, there was a book called IB4E that he did. It was two issues. And it actually hmm. had the um, the first story he ever did with the is from the Max, which was a completely different thing. Um, the is were yeah, short for uh, something else. For uh, Well, we're, we're not a kid show, but uh, <laughs> short for jizz. Okay. Yeah, and that's what they were. So it, it it added some new meaning to the Max, you know, that these little things were running around and Mr. Gon's, like, using them to attack everyone, you know, and women in particular. I suppose it, may, it makes sense now. It does, right? So, like, I, I kind of liked getting those, you know, it was, I think it was only two issues. And, um yeah, it it definitely changed, you know, the the meaning of them for for me on when I read it then like you're going back and reading them. But uh yeah, I don't know. Like that's that's one probably. Say so I'll 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 make that my answer. So uh okay. I really wasn't I I do collect all red books. Um I actually have like my own little short box that's dedicated to just Mike Allred comics. So so I, I the Green Eyed Monster is out. I, I'm, I'm envious of that. I'm looking on eBay, dude. Like that, you got it for a song, because I see copies that like thirty bucks is like the cheapest on eBay right now. Hmm. I've seen it like up, as high as sixty five for it. Yeah, I, I've seen some of those prices, and it's interesting to me because I I guess you have to be a you know it, it's not like oh it's the first appearance of Harley Quinn or the first appearance of Deadpool mm-hmm. or the first uh you know x-men number one or whatever like you have to be a very specific fan of this book yeah and, and to, uh, I, you know i'm pretty sure it's rare i doubt there's a you know there was a high print run for graphic music oh yeah like 25 years ago no i'm sure so just all those oh, yeah, factors combined um and you're right yeah he's not you know madman's not a harley quinn or a deadpool but there's still that niche audience of, of Mike Allred fans. I think that's that's what rabid. I think. That, that's and, what I uh, think it is, is that it's... Uh, we're Maybe we're gravitating more towards... We're fans of certain artists, and then we try to find their older work. Like So mm-hmm. maybe that's what is important for us. You know, I don't know if... But yeah, like, as far as, like, character origins, like, you know, like, uh... Yeah, like, a first appearance of Harley Quinn, I've never even tried to look for that. Like, I just don't... You know, that doesn't mean anything to me. Um, but, you know... Yeah, Mike Allred, somebody I would go look... If I saw this, I would open it to see who... Because I don't think... Or no, well, you can see Allred right on the cover. Mm-hmm. But but that guy's face up in the upper left-hand corner, that, that to me is the Allred face. Mm-hmm. And I would see that 
and be like, all right, who's this? And I'd be like, oh, man, oh, my God. You know, and I'd buy it. <laughs> but, uh, you know, him and uh, uh, Mike Magnola, you know, that's another one. If I see his stuff, even a cover, I'm buying it. Yeah. And, uh, and for me, it's also uh, Norm Bravogel, which I think I talked about mm-hmm. on our last show, was uh, is one whose Batman work uh, specifically I've been tracking down. And I do have lists just because it's so expansive now. I, I've I've bought multiples already. I've also done it with Mike Allred, too. So I have, like, multiple copies of some books because I don't know if I have them or not. So right. I do have – I did create lists just so I could avoid doing that. <laughs> right. I've done that, too. Just, like, in the excitement, you're like, I don't know if I have this. I'm just yeah, going to get like, it. I, I never know if I'll <laughs> see this again. So. Yeah. yeah, it's, like, of, better safe than sorry. Some of them are pretty expensive, like two bucks. Like, screw it. It's two bucks, you know. Yeah. I'd rather lose two bucks on the gamble that I don't have it, you know, and – and if I do have two now, then so what? You know, it's two bucks. I would, I would waste two bucks on more foolish things. So <laughs> it, it, it's a roll of the dice. I can live with it. Um, I mean, I was out at, you know, out in Monroeville and at the Half Price Books, and I saw an issue of Incrediman, and I was like, I got to get this. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> those are rare. There's not yeah. too many things around. Yeah. There is one out there, by the way. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> it's probably uh, a fan with the attic just dumping them. I care. <laughs> just take them across the street. No, we just pat them on the head and tell them thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we knock, we so knock I, a little bit off his, uh, his order each week. That's it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so I guess we'd all agree that it's, it's more about it, – it's not about, like, finding – Books that are that we can flip, but more for us, books that we can yeah, yeah. save oh, and yeah, yeah. cherish. Yeah, I, 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 oh, go ahead, Scott. No, I, I I almost never buy them for for flipping. No, like that's never. Not a, yeah, never. I can't that. think of a time I've done that. So I I'm too frugal to get into speculating and doing that type. I understand it is you know there's a reward to it for those who do it right, but I just could never. Do it. Yeah. I could just never mm-hmm. just like spend money on stuff and then try to sell it, and I just I, it drives me crazy. I'm getting all worked up just thinking about doing it. So. <laughs> um, let me ask you this though: now that there's these rare books that we all want to find and, and look for, do you shop for them online, or do you prefer the hunt of looking through like boxes at like stores or shows? Um, I I never. I never really enjoyed buying comics online. I'm, I, I might have I, I might have gone through like a, a short phase where I, I did buy some online, but for the most part, I I would always prefer to try and find them in like you know, like you said, like it, it's yeah, it's it's about the hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's uh, same here. Yeah, uh, I prefer the hunt rather than it feels like cheating. Yeah, the only I could, the only one I can think of that I, did, I I know I did on eBay was uh, issue of Walking Dead that Jim Rugg did the ghost variant cover. Yes, you know which one, right? With uh, Michonne. Nope. Yeah, well, like that, the like the seventies. Oh my god, throwback. it was so hard to find. Like I I hit the I hit the shows. I was, I asked every vendor, and everybody's like, no, you, you're not going to get. 
Didn't even know what it was. Dan store had it back in the day. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because Dan has it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I Again, mean. Like, that's why you, you know, took that job, just to uh, beat us up with a punch. <laughs> the only guys that had it, like out at Steel City, this was a couple years ago, they're like, we have it, but we don't have it for sale. Like, we, they're like, and we don't, you know, and they were the only ones that I even knew what I was talking about. They're like, what go, what's Ghost Variant covers? And I'm like, ugh. So then I just the was idiot. like, I'm going on eBay. <laughs> like, I broke. But, uh, you know, I I got, a, I don't know, I forget, 20 bucks, 20-something. Okay. So it wasn't too bad, but... Uh, I think that's about what I paid for it. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that was one. I was like, oh, my God, it's it's awesome. You know, it was the first Ghost Variant cover, too, that I found out later. That was the very first one they did. Oh, so, yeah? Yeah, so I thought that was pretty cool, too. Um, but otherwise, yeah, I love I love going through the boxes and finding a gem, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, hey, you got me yeah. wanting to do it. All right, yeah. going on the hunt. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, an expedition for comics. <laughs> Stay tuned for our YouTube video <laughs> <laughs> of us going through boxes. Yeah, riveting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. Okay. So. So moving on. So there was another, uh, the other question or topic I, I was going to throw out there, and we can actually talk about real comics after that. Um, what uh, have you guys ever had any success in getting non-comic readers to read comics, or a specific comics is like maybe something they would be interested in? And and I, my example is I, um, my my fiance is. She's not a comic reader. She she appreciates you know my interest in it. Um, it's you know it's not something that she's actively interested in. Mm-hmm. But there are things that she likes that they make comics of, like the Back to the Future trilogy is one of her favorite oh, yeah. movies or franchises, whatever. So I got her reading the Back to the Future comic from IDW. Um, she loves. Uh, the original, like the original trilogy, Star Wars trilogy. So, specifically Han Solo, because Harrison Ford is one of her favorite actors. Oh, yeah. Um, so, I, um, ha- I had her start reading the uh, Han Solo miniseries. So, so I, I, I guess, like, yeah, so that that's my example. So, have you guys ever had any situations like that or any opportunities to introduce someone like through like a, a gateway type of situation where you, you know, something um, they are interested in and you were able to transition to a comic book. Yeah. I, I mean, I could, I could claim a little credit, but I can't, I know I can't claim all the credit, but my friend Ray that we all know, um, he, he was not really a comic reader, but when star Wars hit, he, then he was like, what, what do you, what do you have? You know, like what's, what's going on? And so I was able to like, kind of tell him, uh, you know, all the new Star Wars books. And like I said, I didn't push him, so I can't claim much, a lot of credit. But then he ended up, one night he's just like, hey, I went to uh, Pittsburgh Comics and I have a subscription now. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, I'm I'm buying uh, Gwenpool, um, Spider-Gwen, and oh, wow. yeah, and like some other stuff. And like Howard the Duck. And I'm like, really? <laughs> like, what? You know, like, so, I don't know, yeah, like, Star Wars kind of, 
was what got him hooked, and then he started, now he's reading, you know, now he has a poll list. So, it's like, hey, that's cool. But, uh, yeah, I'm sure, you know, like, it's, you know, for me at least, just trying to uh, keep him informed mm-hmm. of storylines and whatnot, you know, probably mm-hmm. helped. So, actually, uh, I don't, partial credit. I don't, I don't think I can honestly claim credit for turning anyone. Um, I think everybody who may have been casual that I've shared certain books with may have already had like an in previously, even if they were never, you know, as, as uh, into it as we are. Mm-hmm. But, um, no, I'm gonna, I thought for a second I did, but then I realized I, I didn't. Uh, someone else with yeah. that introduction. So, um, I've shared, you know, there's certain books I've like hip people to or kind of hip people to or was like, hey, this is cool. And they're like, yeah, this is cool. Uh, but no, I can't like take credit for like opening someone up to the world of it uh, like that. I think it's not convincing. <laughs> okay. Well, I was just curious. Like I said, that. Um, um, I did try once to get my friend to buy like all the preacher trades because I hadn't read them. And I was like, I think you like that preacher book, man. And uh, he saw right through what I was doing and uh, didn't bite. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, uh, he did get them though, and he did love them. But he was resistant at first. He was like, oh, "I don't want to read no religion book." He's like, oh, "I'm pretty sure it's not about religion." He's like, "I well, think you might like it." <laughs> he was like, "No, no." And then, like a year later, he was. I finally read it. And I'm like, "Dude, you you do want to read this book?" And then he was like, he "Was like, I bought them all." <laughs> He's like, "I went to the store. I bought like all the. Tra- I just, like, bought all their trades." But um, so I, I can't really. I can't quite take credit. We kind of can. <laughs> Nothing like that, though. Nobody set up a pool list because of my word of mouth. Yeah. <laughs> well, I know there was another guy, I, you know, not to claim, like I said, I can't claim full credit. I know he had a guy he was working with that was, like, feeding him graphic novels as well, so. So you're you know, a liar, Scott. That's what It you was know. a two-prong attack, you know. Yeah. Okay. Two <laughs> yeah. fronts. A war yeah, on two fronts. Fr- yeah. <laughs> Uh-huh. I I remember um, a few years ago when when Amazing Spider-Man hit. I think it was issue was it seven hundred when they when yeah. when they did the switch over when they when yeah. Doc Ock inhabited Spirit Peter's body. Spider-Man. Okay, so that that's what I was thinking right. Okay. Right, I think that was seven um, hundred. Yeah. yeah, and the, and it was like the issues leading up to it, like. Um, yeah. A couple issues. Uh, yeah. Uh, randomly, uh, this guy I worked with asked, you know, because you know he knew I was into comics, and he asked if if I had those issues. I, I think they had just maybe were just a week or two from coming out, or uh, had come out, and they were you know had already been out for a couple weeks. And I don't know if it had hit you know uh, some of the more like the bigger news outlets, not just CBR or Newsarama. But the the story had hit some of the bigger news outlets, and I guess he read it and he was interested. And and I said, yeah, I, I have, because I, I, I think I it was like six ninety eight, six ninety nine, and seven hundred were the kind of the, the main issues yeah. for that story. And uh, yeah, I said I have them. I'll, I'll bring them in for you. And uh, so he read them, and he liked them, and he kept them. Nice. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I I actually never got those comics back, so. 
Well. But I don't think they're really worth any, you know, anything, so I'm not, like, overly concerned oh, yeah. about it. Yeah. But it's, it, 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 it is funny when, you know, you have the reputation of being the comic book guy, either, like, in your family oh, or at, at your job, and then you get hit with questions or, I, like, hey, did you hear about blah, blah, blah? I have a story for that, in fact. I forgot. This is funny. If this dude actually starts reading comics, it'll blow my mind. But we're talking, like, one of the, you know, like, one of the um, founding members of my company, uh, you know, he's, like, in the sales and all that. Um, he's in the lunchroom. We're all sitting there at a table. And he just kind of yells out, hey, uh, hey, where's my, where's my nerd, where's my nerds at over there? You know, something like <laughs> that. We're like, what? And he's like, he's like, I was watching that preacher show. He goes, I could not stop watching it. He's like, is there a, he goes, and then I went online and started looking it up and there's some sort of comic book too. And we're like, yeah, yeah, it's, 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 if you like the show, you know, he's like, oh, I might have to check that out. But we're like, like the show, it's completely. Completely different. It's no. completely, uh, yeah, a, a prequel. Yeah, but uh, uh, no, and it was just funny because you just literally called us out like, "Hey, my nerds," you know. <laughs> where, where, where are my nerds yeah. at? <laughs> that term's offensive. <laughs> oh yeah, he totally. Yeah, he he totally wasn't trying to be. He's just like, you know, where's my comic fans? You know, like, um, he's like, I have questions. Yeah, and I was like, holy crap! If he starts reading comic books and. I think it would blow my mind. I'm quitting. Yeah. <laughs> Roads have collided. Yeah. <laughs> now, Duke slowly gets up from the table and he's like, Scott, where are you going? And he's like, human resources. <laughs> yeah. I'm highly offended. You called me a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going be to hearing from my attorney. Worse. I have been called worse. <laughs> I'm going to go catch some Pokemon on my way to human resources. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. No, yeah, it was pretty funny. So. Yeah, that is always uh, interesting when that happens. Yeah. All right. Uh, Dan, you posted a uh, a challenge on Facebook to my wall this week, and I'm once I can figure out how Facebook works, I'm going to respond with an iconic oh. cover that like sticks oh. out. I'm just going to put it in the comments because I don't know six people to nominate. I nominate you guys, and then we just go into a <laughs> circle of, of this. So I am going to pull – you uh, posted – let me bring up your post uh, here. Um, a post, a great comic cover, and – oh, there's nothing more to it. Sorry. All right, post a great comic cover. I'm assuming it was something iconic that stuck out to you in your, your yeah, I, days. I, I think it doesn't have to be, like, generally recognized as iconic, but just something, like, great to you. Yeah, that it sticks out to you. You know, yeah, exactly. That's how I, I interpret it, you know. There's none of that in this. Um, <laughs> I I projected a lot onto that statement. Um, so I have one. I'm going to post it now. I'm just going to put it in the comments here. Comments I'll tell you guys uh, now because you're not going to be able to see it. And the folks at home have no idea what we're talking about. The Skype comments? <laughs> it's that, no, no, on the Facebook comments. Oh, the Facebook. Oh, okay. Gosh. Uh, it's covered as Superman 22 from... Back in the day, which is October 87, 86, I think it says. It's um, it's by John Byrne. Oh, okay. And uh, 
Here is an iconic cover that I remember from. I can't spell. That I remember from being a kid. I remember going to like the the newsstand down the street from my grandparents' house, and they had comics on a spinner rack. My grandfather would always hook me up, and I remember seeing this one like on the spinner rack and just being like, "Whoa! Like, what mm-hmm. is this?" And uh, he bought it for me. And I remember taking it home and reading it and being like, "Whoa! What is this?" Um, yeah, I'm sorry. I'm typing and trying to. Well, I, I can think the one that. And so I'm put, it's like the one where he kills like the Phantom Zone criminals. He's like the chunk of kryptonite. He's wearing on the cover. It's all green, and he's wearing like a uh, executioner's hood. Oh, okay. I'm looking at it right now. And he's like, "You're responsible for the death of a billion beings, and for that you must die." And he's opened up a box like kryptonite. Mm-hmm. And uh, I love when people are like Superman doesn't kill outside of his character. Like, you know, there was this one issue about 30 years ago where uh, he did it, and then I believe the next year of the storyline, Superman went into like a self-imposed exile to reconcile uh, what he had to do and to uh, you know cleanse his moral whatever palate. So I mean, it, so I, when he uh, snapped a neck a couple years ago in a moment that people came to. Uh, keep talking about despite their uh, supposed disdain for it. Uh, I'm always like, eh, it's happened before. And I also point out Superman 2, where he gleefully kills the Phantom Zone criminals while making jokes. And if Sean Atkins where he'd point out in the deleted scenes, they show the police arresting the Phantom Zone criminals, which I counter <laughs> it's a deleted scene, it doesn't count. The movie they well, does not does not happen. I, I would counter by saying you never actually see them die. You, they disappear That's into the depths there. of the Fortress of Solitude, oh, but yeah. they don't actually die. You never see their dead bodies. I'm just going to point out, he depowers Zod, crushes his hand, hurls him against the ice, which I would say probably shattered his spine, and he fell an undeterminable depth to never be seen again. Well, you said it undeterminable. I mean, You're as far right. as we know, he could have fallen three feet into like a big vat of cotton. Yeah. And he could just he fell into <laughs> and pillows. Uh, yeah, kittens. It was just a big old Superman's they kitten yeah. pit. They could have had. Yeah. Maybe later they had like a tickle fight. I mean, we don't know. <laughs> maybe that was a deleted scene, too. Well, they're deleted for a reason. And so. Well. The questions went unanswered. And so I just point that out. And then, uh, and Lois Lane punches it. What do they call her, the lady, in the, the Phantom Zone lady? It wasn't, I, it doesn't matter. She's like, you know what, you're a real pain in the neck. And punches her and she, <laughs> yeah. supposed demise or non-demise. And he leaves Lex Luthor there. So he's ruthless in that theatrical cut of Superman 2. Like, there's no way of knowing. You walk out of that theater and you're like, God damn, Superman like, threw those people to his death and left Luthor to start yeah. freeze to death. Like Superman's a vicious bastard. Yeah. Everyone loves it. Everyone loves it. Oh, it's so great. <laughs> and if you well, look at Man of Steel and Superman 2, it's just Superman 2 with a bigger budget. They're throwing buses around, a big fight in downtown Metropolis. If they could have smashed those buildings, they'd have smashed those buildings. I'm defending the movie again. It's just a natural thing I do. I don't know why. I don't, but <laughs> I've fallen down the rabbit hole. Uh, if you have another topic, bring it up and get me out of this. 
Okay, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about some comics. <laughs> so I read Superman. No, asking she asking he shall receive. Um, yeah, I'll I'll get us uh, started. Start this show. So, fire flew from your fingertips. All right. Yeah. Um, right. So every so often, I like to check in with with uh, Ninjak from Valiant Comics. Yes. Uh, I almost did the same thing, but I'm glad you did. I I I've always I mean enjoyed this new reboot or this uh this incarnation of Ninjak. I never read it in its first volume like the from the 90s you never read it Valiant. I I might have read the first issue because it was Kizana. like Joe Casada yes. and that it had that like foil cover and it was cool. Yes. Uh, um, real quick to wrap it around like hey books you ever hunted down before? The first three issues of Ninja because they were drawn by Kazada. Oh yeah, like I got like the first one back when like ninety three whatever when it came out, and then like through the duration of the nineties spent hunting down the other two. I'm sorry, continue. That's okay. Um, so yeah, so I I, I read Ninja in in chunks at this point, and because it it's a fun book to catch up on. It's basically. It, I, I like to describe Ninjak or think of Ninjak as imagine if Bruce Wayne, um, his he didn't have his parents. Still, um, Alfred was actually a bully who tortured him as a as a as a child, and he grew up to be this uh, super spy. <laughs> you know, with all his wealth and gadgets and things of that sort. But he works. But he he uh, works for the government. He works for MI5. He's British. That's the only difference. Um, so the, there's a uh, the the current. Well, or I'm sorry, not current. The last storyline was issues 14 through 17, and it was called the uh, the siege of King's Castle, and. In a way, it was it was a very back to basics approach for for the character and the story, and it was almost like they did Frank Miller's Born Again, but with Ninjak. And not, I mean, not I'm not comparing this storyline to Born Again at all because <laughs> to me, Born Again is like one of my top ten like favorite stories of all time. Um. But they're really taking him back to basics. He um, loses his his wealth, his castle, um, his weapons, his gadgets, his technology, his connection to MI5. He's framed for murder. He's on the run. So it's 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 this fun, you know, that like the kind of fun uh, story of tropes where you know the characters they. They've only got their wits to to help them, you know, the, to survive on, and the, you know their their wits and their cunning and whatever bridges they haven't burned, that type of thing, to not only stay one step ahead of the law, but also try and figure out who was behind the whole thing. So, and I, I think it's a, I mean, it was a good story. It was a lot of fun. It was a good, probably a good jumping on point, actually, uh, to, to start with issue 14 
and read this this four issue storyline because you also get uh, revelations about his his parents and the the uh, brutal vicious butler who raised him. So I would um yeah I would say you know give it a shot it's 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 pretty pretty decent art and the uh, the story was a lot of fun. So it's just, it remains, you know, going forward, it's going to be interesting to see where the character goes because the issue 18 was actually, um, I haven't finished reading that yet. I'm about halfway through, but I'm pretty sure it's just a, like a fill-in issue. So we have yet to see the new status quo for Ninjak, you know, his, his status as, again, you know, having lost his, his wealth and his castle and, you know, what are his connections going forward with, with the government? Is he just going to be like a, a rogue agent, uh, a hired gun type of person? So it's kind of like reinvigorated my, my interest in this, in the book, which had, I, I wouldn't say it, it had waned, but it was one of those books that went from being like always on the, the top of my reading list to uh, I'll get to it when I get to it, hmm. type of thing. Hmm. So I'm kind of like back in with Ninjak. Fascinating. I'll have to check it out then because I was uh, <laughs> perusing the uh, the preview books that we get sent and thought about Ninjak, and then was like, eh, I don't know. I, mean, I just read it for three issues twenty years ago. Like, I don't know. Right. Now, 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 uh, now I know. Now I will check it out. <laughs> Um, oh. I guess that's a transition I could jump on. Uh, speaking of perusing the preview issues, uh, I did pick up on, I read two uh, issues of a title that I used to buy physically. It went away and then came back, and I didn't find it at the store. So I was just like, eh, whatever, I'm not. M- money's rare, and I don't feel like hunting it down. It was uh, Jupiter's Legacy, uh, that's number two or volume two, whatever. You know, Mark Miller does that stuff where treats the comics like movies because. That's what they'll be. Um, but Jupiter's Legacy 2, I read issues 1 and 2. And I, drawn by Frank Quitely, which is the, the only reason why I would even, I was even interested there in the first place. Like, we were talking uh, earlier about, like, there was that in-between series, Jupiter's Circle, you think it was? Mm-hmm. I, I thumbed through it at the store, but I didn't buy it because, I'll be honest, I was coming f- and staying for Frank Quitely art. Everything else, I wasn't doing it for me. What what brought me to it and what was keeping me coming back was Frank Quitely art. So Frank Quitely is back on this series now. And that's, that's why I checked out. Cause I, his artwork is always beautiful, never disappointing. Uh, this is no different. I mean, the story was interesting. Cause I, if you remember the first Jupiter's legacy, like there were superheroes, they were old, their kids were kind of jagoffs, and so they killed the superheroes because they were goody goodies, and like took over the world. And there was like two of them that were like, "Yeah, this is weak, we're out." And so they're being like chased, like they had a kid who had superpowers, and so like the other like jerk off superhero or superpowered dude was like hunting these guys down and hunting everyone with powers down, like locking them up because that's what he does. Um, so when this one opens up, like those two main characters in the kid are still like on the run and they're now recruiting former supervillains to build an army to take down the bad guy 
who is growing even more like mad with power and uh and becoming also more unstable and this little uh you know power structure he set up around himself is starting to crumble because he's becoming more unstable. So there is that, you know, a cool little like intrigue, drama, politics going on, all circled around just like characters and colorful outfits just punching each other in in the in the face and all that fun stuff. And then like I said, that beautiful beautiful artwork there's some examples in the first two issues i read of like frank quietly doing like cutaways like of a building and oh yeah one where this character like flies into another character and like drives her down like through all these like hidden stories of this <laughs> building and like deep into like underwater underneath and he's just this big like half page panel of the building and them going through it's real they're real tiny and it's just all these different rooms that are inside this building. There's this giant room, which is like a ski lodge within this building. No explanation to any of this. You're just like, oh, okay. So this is, <laughs> this, it's like the Sultan of Brunei or some ridiculousness. It's like his palace. And it's like, oh, so then in the basement, there's a ski resort, a massive ski resort. And then this flies. And it's just stuff like that is just gorgeous. Love all of that. Um, the color, I forget the name of the colors. Oh, Matt, I think, Matt, I forget the name of the colors. I was going to say it's Matt Smith, but I don't think it is. Uh, I think that's something else I was reading, and it stuck out because it was the name of the one Doctor Who. I digress. <laughs> I forget the name of the colorist. Doing some really, really fine work, too, to just uh, add a little more punch-up to the uh, the gorgeous line work from this. So hopefully Image uh, keeps it coming with those preview issues. Otherwise, I might have to just break down and go uh, searching for this. Because I didn't see issue one at my comic shop. I don't know if they just ordered low and it sold out. Or what happened that week? Um, it totally went by me, and I missed it. And then I saw like issue two. There was no more issue ones. And I was like, well, I'm behind on this, and I just sort of like threw in the towel. But um, yeah, hopefully this. Uh, sometimes this job is nice. This uh, this podcasting <laughs> gig. There's some perks yeah, that come with it. A chance to catch up. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I'm totally down with that. But yeah, it was uh, it was good stuff. Some of this Miller stuff it can be a little hit or miss. He kind of hits that same note. Sometimes he hits it really well. Sometimes, yeah, you know, whatever. But uh, I, I really did enjoy it. I really wasn't sure if I would, if it would just be like maybe more same old, same old. But uh, I really, really enjoyed it. And I, I'm intrigued by it and love looking at it. 100% agree. Uh, you've been reading like the, it, dude? Oh, yeah. It's, that is, that's one of my favorite books like right now, which is why I couldn't read the other one. Jupiter Circle. Yeah. I couldn't read it because it was too different from the other one, you know, that I was like, I can't go from, uh, you know, like this mind bending kind of stuff, like the, re- the stuff that happens with the superpowers and the reality bending mm-hmm. and all of that. And then go to this other story that's more of a, like a fifties kind of okay. thing. Yeah, yeah, that one is more, it takes place like in the 50s and 60s, yeah. but I would still, I know it's a departure from the art, but... Maybe I'll um, circle back I, around, but... I really think it's worth it because it, 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 it fills in some of the some of the gaps that you, some of the things you don't get to see from the Jupiter's Legacy Volume 1 and Volume mm-hmm. 2, um, it, it, and it's just, it, it really has that nice retro style like if you just look at it almost as a separate entity 
Um, and I think there's even there's a few issues that Chris Sprouse does. So oh, cool. Okay. And he and he's yeah he's you know and I forget who the other artist is, but is he like Will Fredo thought, Sand- Torres, Torres? Yeah, Fredo Torres. Yes. Yeah, and it has uh, like that kind of like clean, simple like all reddish art style. Yeah. You know. Yeah, uh, yeah. I won't say it's like completely pop popish like all red, but it's got that Sprouse is solid. Like that nice yeah. clean style, yeah. but uh, but anyways, like, go ahead. Um, no, I don't know. Yeah, I, but I, I'm I'm excited it's back. I like the, um, you know, I pretty much would it is, would just echo everything that uh, Jared just said <laughs> because it, it's really it's really good. I think it's um, inventive is the word. I think when I read it, mm-hmm. like every I'm like wow, you know, like what a what a great idea, you know. Or, or use of power or the cutaways, like show actually showing a, a cut of a giant building that is insane. So, um, well, yeah, it's great. well, I, I think we can just in general. I think we can all agree that over the past couple of years, Mark Miller has kind of undergone a, a renaissance mm-hmm. in his story in his his storytelling. It's it, it still has some of the dark elements that we saw from years past when he was doing a lot more of the um, you know, where like the the breaking down of the the, the superhero, yeah, the deconstruction. Thank you. Um, but now he's telling stories that, like with um, Starlight and Empress. yeah, and Huck. Oh, Huck and, was um, great. And I don't know if you guys read the, he did that four issue miniseries called um, MPH. Yeah, MPH was excellent. I, I read like with, the first one with Duncan Fergrado. Oh, so I mean, good. He's just telling some great stories now, yeah, that's what and I, they're not all like doom and gloom, and they don't make you feel like you need a hot shower yeah, after he, reading them. He was at a, there was a point where I was picking and choosing, and I'd just go through the first issue and decide. I don't, I don't do that anymore. I just buy it. Like that's that's mm-hmm. where I'm at with, like, and I feel that yeah, he came back around, and and everything he's doing now is thoughtful. So I think. I, I kind of checked out of the, the Miller verse after it might have been after Nemesis yeah and it might have it might have been after like I didn't even finish Kick Ass Volume Two oh it was terrible I read the first two <laughs> issues and I was like I I don't well first of all that book was always late so that, that was the, the problem cho- yeah the choice was easy I mean it was always late but even if it wasn't I felt like it was really it was really just going off the rails I felt like he was more. You know, I, I just think of his interviews where he always had like a bottle of whiskey or something, and I I feel like maybe he got out of that phase. Well, yeah, I think he was put yeah, he was work more. Yeah, and I I feel like like half of the stuff that he put in his books were like shocking just right. to be shocking, yeah. just for the sake of it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. That's and that's why I was starting to back away from him. And, and the other thing too was the unfinished ones, um, uh, War War Heroes, War Heroes, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That one that, unfinished, and yeah, Kickass yeah. took forever, and yeah, there was stuff like that that I was like, yeah, you know what, this guy's flaking out, but he's he's back, he's on his game. So yeah, I don't know what happened. Uh, I don't. I mean, but y- y- you're right, Duke. Like almost anything he puts out now is an automatic read. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna. At this point, I'm gonna read. I'm going to give it a try, you know, just because mm-hmm. everything has been 
fun. Like, ex- yeah, inventive is the word. But, oh, mm-hmm. the time-traveling one, too. Oh, oh Chrononauts. Yeah, that yeah, was awesome. I forgot about that one. Yeah, it's just like he's just having fun. Yeah. He's telling fun stories. Yep. I mean, yeah, Chrononauts was like, oh, my God, that was like, let's just blow it out. That was whatever we can, Whatever we can do, let's just do it. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. Um, yeah. All right. We'll talk about something else, but, uh, you know, also exciting in its own ways. Um, the BPRD, you've heard of them, the, mm-hmm. the Bureau of Paranormal Research and Defense, I think it stands for. Um, from the Hellboy universe, you know, that, that uh, Mike Mignola guy. Um, so BPRD's been going on for 144 issues, and I... I almost never want to talk about it because half the time I'm like, not sure what just happened, you know. <laughs> but uh, I, oh man, I've been reading this since since day one, and um, the new issue. I don't know. I just have this feeling like maybe this book is going to be done soon. Like there was actually news. I, we didn't talk about it, but there was news that Invincible's ending as well. But uh, so now it makes me think like BPRDs. Maybe it's maybe it's wrap, wrapping up. Um, Hellboy just had a finale of sorts. Um, Hellboy in Hell, and the final mm-hmm. issue. Uh, you know, spoilers for everyone out there, but the final issue basically was um, the apocalypse, but it was in Hell, and uh, Hellboy had killed. Satan, and he went on to destroy hell, and he became like this super god. Like he, he's, you know, as big as a mountain now, and you know he's, you know, something else now. You know he's he's changed. Like he's this this giant behemoth, and um, and that's how they left it. You know, they're like. This is the end of Hellboy. This is how it ends. You know? <laughs> well, now in, in the new issue of BPRD, um, a couple of the characters actually go to hell to go to Satan for help because, you know, for whatever reason, he has something that they need. And because they're fighting these behemoths on Earth, and now there's this... BPRD is insane because they went for it. But they... There was this massive dragon monster. I don't know. It was, you know, it's basically big as the eastern continent. You know, like it, you know, or whatever. I don't know. I'm babbling. But, uh, all right. So, this thing's unbeatable, basically. And the BPRD is just like, we're, we're basically buying our, biding our time. We're going to be dead soon. Um, you know, defending against the smaller monsters, which are also, you know, as big as buildings. Um, so they go to hell. These two characters go to hell. They see that Satan is dead on the throne. And they're not sure what happened. And they're just like, what? And then, <laughs> but the one character, this demon girl that's been in the book forever, um, she she takes something from there. And then she's like, okay, well, we can go. And I just got this feeling that the Hellboy is going to make a return and fight this giant monster that is 
destroying the earth. Like, I, I just, I'm reading it, and I'm like, they didn't point right at it, but I feel like Hellboy's gonna come back. So, I'm, I'm saying it now. That Speculative you, scoop. Oh, uh, you're, you're, you're calling your shot. I'm calling it. That Hellboy will return in BPRD, and he will battle this giant, unbeatable monster on Earth. And then he will be back. Mm. And that's, that's how it ends. Yeah. Because this this storyline has its roots into the very first issues of Hellboy. Um, you know, the calling of the the god, you know, that's in the outer space and it has like the seven you know, it's like seven gods or something. Uh, I don't know. It's all crazy Cthulhu type stuff. Mm. But one of them is, I think it, this is one of them that's on Earth now. Um, you know, and this, I mean, you read this stuff and it's like, it's been going on for, oh my god, 20 years or whatever. And it's the same, it's still playing out. Like, I'm like, this is an insane book. Um, you know, but I still think that, like, you know, new readers are gonna be like, no, you know, but it's still, <laughs> I, you know, they still do their story. They do one-off stories a lot in it. So um, I think people could still pick it up and read it. But it's just, I just felt like I had to touch on it and and just say what an insane, insanely marvelous book it is. <laughs> well, it, yeah, and, and that's funny. That's It's one of those books that, like you said, it's... It, it's 144 issues. It, it it it's amazing that it's been going this long. Now, granted, like it, it wasn't Mike Mc, like, Mike McNoll is writing it too, by the way. That, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah, was, but it, it, for a long time, it was a series of mini series, right? And then they decided to yeah they they totaled they 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 tallied the numbers and they they just said let's just go to a you know a number like a pick a number and keep going with it. Yeah. Yeah, it seemed like um when it started out they uh it was all about the war on frogs, which were the the creatures from the first movie, if you've seen it. Mm-hmm. Um and that was that also comes from the roots of uh the Hellboy, the very first Hellboy story, um the frogs and uh mm-hmm. they had they had fought them forever and and in their fight they actually made things worse and that, that and that's what's gone on is this this has just been getting progressively worse for them even though they still they fight and then something happens and it gets worse and it's just been escalating ever forever <laughs> that they 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 went far enough that they were like we are no longer in line with you know you know when you read a superhero book and everything's status quo for the everyday man for the average guy um but this book, at, at some point, was just like, we're departing from that. There are giant monsters on, you know, housed on American soil. Um, you know, spewing out poison. You know, uh, people are changing into monsters. You know, like, it's just went right downhill. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, very few books do that, you know. Um, I know The Strain did that. The Strain actually really went for it. Um but uh, yeah, people that read that kind of stuff, uh, they'd love it. So anyway, cool. that's it. 
So when you said new readers would be like, no, you mean it's just too uh, in depth? As to, it's not a jump on point. It's it's a, yeah. I feel like that what they're doing now is is coming. I really feel like they're coming to a conclusion okay. with the book. So it it would be hard to say that uh, that people should read it now. I think yeah. they had a jumping on point about two years ago that they actually pointed out and said <laughs> jump on now, and and really it's. They have it. Uh, BP, it's called, you know, BPRD Hell on Earth, and it's mm-hmm. been that okay. ongoing title um, ever since. So, um, but man, it's so it's so crazy. I, right. I and I rarely talk about because I like I say it's really hard to pick out one and just talk about it without talking about all of it, which I just did. So right now, that, right. Uh, talking about books winding down, just real. Uh, another issue of Chew came out this week. Oh yeah. Um, Oh, and it's it's so good. But you're right. This is not a point. If you haven't read it, this is not the time to start. Um, <laughs> it, it's always a time to go back and and start at the beginning. But that's what I'm going to say. This it's it's winding down. Things are wrapping up, and it's really, really, really good. And that's all. That's, that's all I have to that. say about that. Yeah, chew on that. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to talk about one, um, for me, one final book. Um, I read the first issue of Lake of Fire, which came out from uh, Image this week. Okay. And uh, I wasn't, I, I, I had no idea going in what it was going to be about. Um, basically, it's, it, so it's the year 1220 AD. Uh, the Crusades are happening, and a alien spacecraft. Crash lands in the woods of the um, in in France, and that happens in the beginning, and then almost three quarters of the like the middle of the book happens. It, it takes place with this uh, these this knight and his squire who are presenting themselves to uh, to their king to fight for him and. It, it, it's almost a little bit of um, a little bit of a comedy, um, not like a you know a gut buster, but just a little bit of humor infused because the king is just not at all interested in these in these knights. Um, they they have a reputation and he's just he doesn't want them. So he comes up with this kind of fool's errand where he rounds up basically all the all the people he does not want in his camp. He, he finds this uh, this this drunkard of a night sleeping with this woman naked in this barn. He's and she, you know, he's like, I've got a I've got a mission for you, or I've got you know. Um, so he leads this group of just unwanted, you know, just losers. Basically, um, he he sends the, the the king sends them off to this French village, and you know, one of the the king's um, aides says. What's so special about this village? And he says absolutely nothing. He says by the time they get there and get back, you know that, that I won't have to deal with them. Basically, you know, um, little did they know that the village that he's sending them to is where this this spacecraft landed. So that's what happens at the end. They discover this um, these bloodthirsty uh, alien predators. Uh, are attacking villagers and that's kind of where it ends and 
I, I was kind of uh, was kind of blown away because it, actually at first when the like maybe the first third of the book I was kind of lukewarm on because it just I don't I, I just wasn't really I don't know just not too interested the way they were uh, with the dialogue and the way they were going like uh, approaching the story I felt like I had kind of been there done that type of thing. Um, and then by the time we got to the end, I was really invested in it. It just, I don't know why it was just a lot of fun. Um, the, the art is a little, a little cartoony, but still very detailed, like detailed enough to, to look really good. Like, it, um, and, and I feel like they, they really did their, his, their, um, their homework as far as being fairly historically accurate. Um, I don't, I, I don't actually know anything about the Crusades. Um, you know, history class was a long, long time ago. Yeah. But they, the, you can just tell by some of the, the verbiage and the language and the details, the story details. You can kind of tell that they really, they really invested some time into making this seem like a something that could have happened. You know, in a real place. In a real time, in, in history, um, but I'm 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 all in for this book. It's it was a lot of fun. I, I don't know how how long it's going to go, but it's uh, this first issue. First of all, it was double sized. Um, it was I think 44 pages, no ads. Wow. And 3.99, but again, it's it was you know 44 pages and no ads. So, um, yeah, I mean if you know. If you, you know, give it a shot. You know, what do you got to lose? It's a, it's a number one issue. It's kind of, you know, it's a lot of fun. Q. Nice. Um, you have another one, Jared? I'm out. You're out. Yeah, are you guys reading Batman? I'm not. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about spoilers first of all. Go for it. Go for it. All right. Um, I don't. I, I I don't want to review review the book just to say that I'm reading it and, um, you know it's issue five and they really, I felt, I felt like they rushed the storyline. Um, but basically Batman had taken on, uh, a couple of superheroes showed up in Gotham, and they went by the names Gotham and Gotham Girl, and um, uh, Gotham was corrupted, you know, mentally. And um, it took the entire Justice League to bring him down, which was kind of cool. Mm-hmm. But, man, it happened fast. Like, five issues, boom. Like, I felt like I read it, I read all five in, like, a half hour. Huh. Yeah, I, I, I'll i just jump in and say, um, I, I felt like I needed to reread these first five issues because I think I was reading issues four and five together, um, I, I bought them together, yeah. and as I'm reading them, I'm like, "Did I miss an issue somewhere?" Right. Like, I I don't know if it was the story, if it was there was something off with this first story arc for me. Right. It seemed like it, and actually, I think partly since they did it every two weeks, I actually did miss issue three. Like, I had picked it up, but then I didn't get get to read it and I picked up issue four and I just 
and I read it, and I was like, oh, that's weird. It seemed to rush along. And then I realized I didn't read issue three. So I'm like, okay, so I figured out what was going on without an issue, which is not necessarily good either. You know, but... Mm -hmm. Right. So then I read three and five. (laughs) So that was kind of weird. But, uh... I'm... I'm a little torn uh, just in general because I I really like Tom King. I, I like so far the stories that he's mm-hmm. that he's done. Um, something about again I, I've got to go back and reread this first story arc, but something about his dialogue in this you know in, in this story with with these characters again something just doesn't feel right. And I don't know if it's just, it's, uh, you know, because it's a new creative team and I'm still getting used to it, but I don't know. I can't, I can't put my finger on it, Duke. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I kind of know what, what you mean. I, I think part of it is, um, they are trying to do something different with Batman. Um, we were talking about it, like me and one of the guys at work and we kind of felt like, um, Batman's more open-minded for help in in this new telling so maybe he just is sounds different because he yeah because he's that, more that's... like these these two characters showed up and he's like yeah i'm gonna let them help me because they help you know like i yeah instead of saying gotham is mine you know stay out you know he was like that eh. yeah that could very well be part of it too i i think yeah you're right i was very i think surprised at how Quickly, he was open to having these two, um, like basically Superman level, like powered yeah. characters or people, just hanging around Gotham City, and he was just okay with it. Yeah, yeah, because he was, which was kind of funny though, because then he he did reveal his cards. He knew everything about them, um, you know, before they realized it. And, you know, he was still able to disappear on them, even though they could see through walls. Um, you mm-hmm. know, they were still like, holy crap, <laughs> you know, this guy, this guy, Batman is, he's good. And it's like, <laughs> he's the best, you know? Yeah. But, uh, you know, so there were some good moments like that in it. But, um, I, as I understand it, just reading like a preview thing, um, the next issue will deal with, uh, Gotham Girl reacting to the events of issue five. Um, and then I think it's wrapped up because it looked like, or she might still be around. I don't know. I, you know, well, like maybe the, well, the, and I, I forget who was actually narrating at the end, but they basically allude to that. The fact that Gotham girl and that new character, uh, Duke. Yeah. Uh, yes. Get no. married. Get 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 married. Oh, jeez. And it's like on the last, like the last page or the last two pages. There's like these caption boxes. Oh yeah, after we were married. Yeah, after we were married. Um. So and and that again, I was torn. Like that's kind of cool, but at the same time, that's like, where did that come from? Like that is so, it's so out there. Yeah, that is out there. And it says, The Origin of Gotham Girl, The Death of Batman. Next, Gotham Girl Year One. 
<laughs> but I, you know, I was checking the preview on that, and it looks like it's just the one issue. It's one. It's not going to be like a a long storyline. It's just one more issue of that. Mm-hmm. And then I don't know if she'll be in the book after that or not. But I'll say, um, I'll I'll, I'll give it up for uh, for David Finch. Yeah, his uh, his art in these first five issues has been pretty solid, and I've I feel like over the years I've turned into a, a very I've, I've I've turned very critical of his work because it's just I I felt like over the years just kind of like progressively got just so pin uppy yeah and kind of hard to look at sometimes yeah no I feel like this is pretty well grounded artwork. Um, this is probably this is probably the, the the best work he's turned out since he was doing like um, stuff for the Ultimate line for Marvel. Yeah, back in the like early two thousands. Wow. Yeah, yeah. It's, so yeah, you know that's what's funny is reading it. I don't really think Finch when I read it. You know, I don't think this is the Finch style. Like this is just mm-hmm. I just look at it and I'm like, oh, this is a really well drawn book. Um, mm-hmm. Without. Yeah, without seeing uh, a style on it. Well, it, and it's 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 not as Finchy. Yeah, it's not as Finchy. Um, it doesn't have all the extra liney stuff. Oh yeah. wow! And I don't know if it's because he's got, if it's his, you know, art collaborators, if it's his, you know, about- who's inking him, and or you know, if it, if he's got coloring help, like if that's <laughs> making a difference. All right. One, the funniest. Funniest thing though in issue five was Alfred dressed up as Batman. That was pretty um, awesome. Yeah, just to throw off uh, Gotham a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> and then he's and then Batman calls him in. He's like, "Alfred, I'm here," and he's like, "Oh, thank God." Yeah, <laughs> and he, he just he away. just he just runs away. <laughs> it's like there's no pretense. Yeah. He's like, "I'm out." <laughs> Have you read? Uh, All- Did you read All Star Batman? The first issue of All Star Batman. I haven't read it yet. No. Okay. I have it, but I mean, spoil spoil away if you want. No, I'm not gonna. I'm really not here to discuss the story. Um, you were commenting about the characterization of Batman earlier, mm-hmm. and it's a little you're finding a little um, not what you're used to. I noticed in um, in All Star Batman, which is written by Scott Snyder, it is there is a bit more of. Um, uh, I almost say lighter tone for Batman. Now it's not Dick spraying happy Batman that I that I love, <laughs> but there's like a scene where he's like has a fight in this like Midwest diner or wherever it's supposed to be, upstate Gotham or whatever I don't know somewhere. He's taking the Two Face somewhere to sort of uh, rehabilitate him and purge the bad side out of him. Oh, okay. And and this is really a spoiler. It's kind of just the plot. And Two Face has. Like, the Harvey Dent side was like, yo, you got to take me to this place. The only way to cure me is to take me to this house or whatever and purge it out. And the bad side of Two-Face basically put a bounty on himself. Eh. Hey, um, stop Batman from transporting me, and you'll get, like, $400 in untraceable mob money. Uh, If he gets me to where I got to go, then, like, all the dirt I've dug up on everyone over the years as, like, DA and whatnot... It all comes out, so like that's like the the threat. So it's it's a road trip book in a sense. So Batman's transporting Two Face. Um, they end up in this like small town 
diner or like some obscure villain's attack. And there's a scene where Batman like turns to the people in diner and winks before leaping into the fight. <laughs> and he kind of cracks a little, and he's like kind of cracking jokes a little bit. Like he's not full on quippy, but he is sassing the bad guy. And I say sassing the sassine, um, the bad guy just a little bit. I'm like, wow, this is not not what I expected. But then I haven't. I read Rebirth. And then that was it. And then, like, at the end of the, you know, the, the new 52 Batman run before the the relaunch, like, that last cover, he was kind of cracking a smile. And so I was like, what is this? This is, yeah. like, a happy Batman. Yeah. Um, and then I'm like, I'm out. Like, I've been, years I've been clamoring for happy Batman. I get it, and then I'm out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that's just because, I'll be honest, I didn't really stick with it because I was skeptical of the Finch artwork. Uh, it was I just kind of gone busy and stiff, like you mentioned, Dan. And so I was like, I don't mm-hmm. want to read that, and uh, I've spent enough money. So now I don't. Now I'm torn. And like I had been reading <laughs> Flash, and it's kind of losing me. It, it's going where I was afraid it was going to go from the jump. And then they used multiple artists, and the most recent issue was just kind of weak. Uh, so like what am I doing? Well, this is not good. Um, but no. So yeah, All Star Batman. Yeah, it is a bit of a different Batman now. It's kind of like a, they've merged in some of that lighter, happier, quippier Batman. Mm-hmm. But you're not yeah, expecting it. It comes from out of left field. Yeah, but it it, it works. You know, yeah, it, it, exactly. I feel like they they finally have they they finally righted the ship. Yeah, it, you know what it kind of reminds me of um, what Mark Wade had done with Daredevil. Oh, nice. Mm. Yeah, and I remember reading that Daredevil series like, oh, you could totally do this with Batman. The way he, he just balance out his personality and all that. And I know Daredevil was like history isn't as you know traumatic, quote unquote. But I was thinking about like, oh, this could totally be a way to do Batman. Is the way they're writing Daredevil? What like, I don't know if Bruce is forcing himself to be happy or if it's just because he's he had like that reformatting um i don't know you you uh, did they dig, dig dig into that in the story you've read or is it just no it's it, it, you don't in fact i don't even think you ever see him as bruce wayne he's nope. so i don't think they're really um <laughs> that's, a, that's a good point they're, they're i don't think they're they're diving into you know deep into his character i think this was more about introducing the, the Gotham and Gotham Girl elements to the story and, and watching, you know, how he reacted to it. Gotcha. Because the Rebirth issue kind of was a little Bruce-centric. That's surprising. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting stuff. Yeah. But, no, I mean, if, if, if you, you know, I would say if you find them on the cheap somewhere, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, definitely give it a shot because it's, it's, uh, it's an interesting direction, and it's mm. uh, like you said, it's definitely a lighter, yeah, a lighter tone. I think they were trying. I think they were trying to go with, go for that in general too, um, with the whole relaunch of DC. A little more Just, Cape Crusader, a little less Dark Knight. Yeah, the mm-hmm. kinder, gentler DC <laughs> comics. So, <laughs> okay. Um, well, um, anyone get anything I got else? One last thing, I'm real quick. Um, the Amazon 
is doing that like pilot season thing where they put out like three TV shows and they mm-hmm. like have the fans vote on them. The Tick was one of them. Um, you know, I've been a big fan of The Tick, particularly Ben Edlund. Tick. Like, I don't know. Yeah. It's not Ben Edlund. I, it doesn't count to me. I watched the pilot episode the other night, which was written by Ben Edlund, and I thought it was garbage. Oh, I was okay. disappointed in it very much. So it, it a, I would say this: if you call your show The Tick, The Tick should, should appear in it more than fifteen percent of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> like, and especially if you're throwing one episode out, and you need that to be strong so people like want more. Yeah, like you really shouldn't like be the first chapter in a multi-part yeah. piece. You better come out strong. Um, I was really disappointed by it. It felt really bland and unoriginal. Um, there was a few nods to like tick lore that, that you know that tickled me, um, but it really wasn't enough. And it really just focused focused on Arthur, and he's like in his civilian guys, Arthur, and just about him and, like, his history and why he's the way he is. And, like, this is dumb. Like, I don't... And then the tick does show up, and it's hard to get a read on the tick. And it's just... I don't... It's not what, like, I pictured when I read the book or watched the cartoon show. And I didn't really watch the, the Patrick Warburton series, so I can't comment on that one way or the other. Yeah, um, it's... Yeah. It just didn't feel it's right. I laughed once. I did laugh once. Uh, the tick had it was giving some speech. Oh, he's like, ah, oh, somebody tick was like, I speak to destiny. He's like, and it says hi. Okay, that made me laugh. <laughs> but um, <laughs> it was tough to get a read on on, on Peter Serafinowicz as the tick, who I think is a funny actor. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen him in other stuff, and I've enjoyed his work. And he does these videos on YouTube called Sassy Trump, where he like lip syncs. He redubs Donald Trump speeches. <laughs> and like this really like sassy effeminate voice. Those are hilarious too. Yeah. But as the tick, I just I couldn't get a gauge on how he was going to be, and he was in it so little that I hadn't really nothing to go off of. And mm-hmm. I was I don't know if it's like the other issue, episodes are there, you can buy them, or how that works. But I watched the one that was out there, and I did not like it. Hmm. Well. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't know if I really want to try to watch it i'll have to wait i'll have to wait until there's more more data maybe if there yeah maybe if if it does get picked up then try it and see what maybe just skip the episode two yeah unless you're really interested in like arthur's upbringing in a traumatic childhood event that made him kind of squirrely and reclusive and eccentric and (laughs) and all that's in his relationship with his sister and then the tick shows up for a little bit here and there, and yeah, it seems like really yeah, yeah, that's what I couldn't call, believe. It's like, yeah, the tick's not in this. This is your first episode that you're gunning for it. Yeah, yeah. and he, he, because the tick's in it so little, and it's such an iconic character in, in its own sense. It's like oh, I really don't know what to make of this version of the tick, and I don't like it because I don't. Mm. I don't. What, what they're giving me to go on and to make my judgment on, I didn't like. So, no, thank you. Yeah. All right. So we'll see if it gets picked up. It'll be interesting. Like I was reading reviews on on Amazon, and people were just like throwing, you know, falling over themselves over it. I'm like, maybe, 
I wrote a review too. I think I caught it like a dumpster fire. <laughs> I was like, I just leave this here, and I have no interest in any responses that may or may not come from this. <laughs> All right. Well, um, anything else? I'm anything trying else? to think if there's anything out there in the world to discuss. I don't think so. No, again, I think it's kind of a slow news week. Yeah. You know, we got saw Rob like, Liefeld's bringing back Youngblood, and he hired like a like a, I don't want to say an amateur, like in a dismissive sense, but just like a regular Joe off Twitter, who like here's a picture I drew of Youngblood, and he's like, "That's great." He's like, "I'm going to mm-hmm. get a hold of you," and now he's drawing a new Youngblood series. <laughs> so, and that's why I was reading some article, and I was like, "Yeah, this guy's done." And it's like, and I love to see he's like some fan art print. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. Wow, good for him! It's be interesting to uh, see what comes of that. Maybe they'll make more than two issues of it, like they did with it. Was that Blood Strike that we were reading like a year ago? Oh, uh, right, yeah. yeah. I forgot all about yeah. that. It was kind of fun. I kind of was enjoying it, and then it just went away. Yeah. But... All right. Well, speaking of going away, yep. I think that's our cue. It is. All right. Well, this has been episode 230 of Comic Book Pit. 231. I'm Dane. 231. Thank you. 231. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Uh, 231 of Comic Book Pit. I'm Dan. I'm the Duke. I'm Jared. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) 